listen to the Guitar Heroes podcast. We are live again. Guess who's back? Back again. Who? Guitar Heroes podcast is back. Oh. Tell a friend. <laughs> Ooh. It's quite quite funky music, is that, Chris? I might start stripping. <laughs> <laughs> From the top half up, though, because you're already put your pants back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must start putting my clothes back on. <laughs> Episode twenty-six. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness! Twenty-six. Hang about twenty-six. That's half a year. That's half a year we've been doing this. Is it really? That's six months of podcasts we've been doing. Oh, well, we'd just like to say a big thank you to all our listener for uh, putting up with us. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, what what are we uh, what are we chatting about today? Well, today, well, what's Lee drinking? Hang on, what I've got drinking? a um, it's a it's a raspberry and red currant gin from Audi. Oh, nice. it's lovely, That's nice, it's really good. Well, what what have you got, Christopherson? Just got water today, my friend. <sighs> I'm only joking. This is a glass full of vodka. <laughs> nah, not really. Phil's oh, on the Phil's beer. Got a lager. He's got a lager. Hang about. <laughs> Hang, uh, w- I can see a blue label. Right, right. Pause this. What's going on here? What is going on? Yeah, I've got a. Um, I've got a um, Stellatois. Nicole, Papa. That was shit French accent. Sorry for anybody who's French listening to this. I'm just. We've thanks to all our French listeners who have just tuned out. <laughs> Um, this is a Stella Artois alcohol free. Right, what we're talking about? Right. Moving on. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know what to I'm do pregnant. with this, Chris. I don't, I don't really know. Are we going to get through this episode? I'm pregnant. Uh, That's what it is. What? Why are you drinking alcohol free well, beer? Come on. Oh, What's going because on? Um, well, I've, but I, 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 you know me, I don't really go on about my ailments. I'll just soldier on, as you all know. Um, but no, I've been getting really bad headaches just lately, um, and I'm not quite not quite sure why. Um, woke up the other day with a horrible migraine. What oh migraines? No. I tend to get migraines in the middle of the night, and they wake me up. Um, I don't get them that often, but when I do, it's anybody that goes, oh, I think I've got a migraine coming on. Do you fancy a pint? It's just like a load of tosh. No, if you get a migraine, you are bed-bound. They're horrible things. They really are. Um, so yeah, um, and I'm just sort of laying off the booze until um, until, until we hit the road, road. <laughs> 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 uh, until around about nine o'clock tonight, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I'm just laying off the booze and um, just just cutting things out and see see what. Wow. Not that okay. I'm a big not that I'm a big drinker. I just drink big on a Tuesday at the podcast on Tuesday nights. Yeah. So this is six <laughs> yeah. months into the podcast, and this is a, a first for the Guitar yeah. Heroes podcast because Phil is doing it. Without port, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. I was going to say, um, you know, you might get some sense out of me, but already I'm just making no sense at all. So, <laughs> nah, no change. It's not the alcohol, is it? <laughs> Anything could happen tonight, folks. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Well, it's uh, t- you know what? I'm going to get straight and down and dirty. Let's talk about today's subject because okay. um, me and Chris, we, me and Chris had a field trip today, didn't we, Chris? We did um, because we, we, did. Um, we it's freezing we cold. The trip it was. It's freezingly, <laughs> yeah. so cold. <laughs> you should have put your hat and scarf on. I told you, if you come in with me, the aircon's on full <laughs> tilt. It's like there's icicles like dripping off his nose. <laughs> I should have definitely gone out with my trousers on. <laughs> <laughs> they might oh have let you in the shop then, right? They if you had it done. Um, yeah, so we had a field trip. We ordered um, we ordered something from Absolute Music. Um, uh-huh. And it had arrived, and so okay. we, me and or, me and Chris ordered one each. And I'm not telling you what it is just at the moment because it's part of my rant for today. Okay, right. Um, okay. So we'll get around to that in a second. And um, on the way back, I um, I thought, oh, it would be quite good to talk about music shops because obviously, being musicians, we we can't really survive without music shops, can we? Um, and I thought, it'd be, let's talk about our experiences. I mean. I've never really worked in a music shop. Um, Lee obviously has, so we did sort of different sides and talk about different types of 
music shops. And I don't mean like those that sell clarinet reeds and those that sell guitars. I'm talking about the music shops where you feel welcome to be in there. And there's some music shops. And obviously, no names are going to get mentioned unless they're the good ones. Um, Speak there's music yourself. shops that you walk into and you feel like, you know, you feel you've got to apologise for even walking through the door. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, mm. Some of them are a bit like that. So, yeah, I thought, yeah, that'd be quite interesting to have a chat about that. Do you reckon? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay. Well, music shops are expensive. See ya. <laughs> I I just want to get to this rant. To be honest, you've 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 pepped me up now. I'm ready. I'm ready. You're ready for this then. Rant. Well, 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 I mean, okay, let's do it. Let's let's do it then. Some, I think somebody's... now that you've now that you've mentioned it, I'm just going to be sat here waiting for it. So we need to get it out of the way before we can move on. Really. Okay. So somebody cue have another me swig then. of that alcohol-free beer, and let's yeah. cue the music. Phil's rant. Phil's rant. Okay. So. um me and Chris, we, we've got a couple of guitars that we're really, really attached to. And we, when we get back on the road, we're wanting to take them into the, um, into the hotel rooms. We don't want to leave them in the truck. One of them I don't anyway, because um, it's, too, it's too precious to me. Um, but rather than taking loads of cases in, we thought it'd be really cool to get uh, a double gig bag. And we were sort of searching, scouring the interweb, and we, we found, um, and Chris has had the single version of this as well, so we found the Gator double gig bag is perfect. Um, the padding in it is just—it's a—it's a fantastic gig bag. It's got pockets. It's the fleece lined. You it's like your pockets, gorgeous. Phil, as well, don't you? It's, it's what it's ideal what, for you. You like your pockets. It's ideal for you. You know what? I I love a good pocket. Yeah, the, I mean the pocket. I shouldn't even talk about it while I'm ranting because pockets are so cool. Anyway, um, so we wanted one that would fit a Strat and a Les Paul, and um, I have a double gig bag already, and I just know damn well that the headstock will come off in it because it's just there's not enough depth on the head where the headstock mm. is. So we found these Gator gig bags. And the one thing I'm quite particular with gig bags are the straps because um, I like to put one over my right shoulder and carry it like that. And um, these, I'm going to mention the name Gator Gig Bag. It's a Gator, okay, by made by Gator. Gator Gig Bag it is. Gator. Gator. Um, it's so from the uh, the Pro Series. Uh, yeah, the Pro is. Series. So we ordered it from Gator through Absolute Music. And I was there at Absolute Music and I said to Joe, can you phone Gator please, and just double-check that these are the actual straps that we're getting on the gig bag because I've seen a couple of other versions where they're just sewn on, you mm. know, and, and I don't like that, the rubbish. Um, and they, uh, they, basically, they're a lot lower down on the gig bag by Gator, and it, it, as soon as you put it on your shoulder, the guitar's flopping all over the place. You can't keep it upright. And But the, right. the other ones are like big, um, they're like carabiner-type hooks, yeah, um, yep. yeah, and they're a lot further up, and it sits on your shoulder well, they, really nice. Well, they have really different attachment points, don't they? Yeah, so yeah that's right. Yeah. On, depending on your height, you can adjust where you put them. Exactly, it's absolutely perfect. Exactly, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so we thought, and just double check, Joe, that that is the one that's got the nice height adjustable, detectable, and and, and Gator said um, yes, that 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 is the one that will come. Brilliant. So we ordered it, put a deposit on. The Joe phoned us, said, yep, they're here. So we went down there today, opened it up, and guess what? It's their crappy sewn-on straps. Oh. And I know. And Joe said, oh. uh, he said, I think oh. what it is, I think they've, um, I think they've probably, up, up, you know, changed the model of it. And if there's anything that curdles my cream, right, it is when you get something <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get like a little horn or something that we like <laughs> on that, like that pedal show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> have you got? Wait, let's let's let's, let's do something. Lee's something looking there. for his horn. Lee, get your oh, horn oh, out. I know what I've got. What? Or a little kazoo or something. Oh, okay. That's the best I can do. Yeah, okay. that will that, we'll go with that. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> if there's anything that curdles my cream. <laughs> it's when it's when companies like Gator upgrade something and make it shitter. I'm sorry, but it just winds me up, does that? So we said, I'm sorry, I'm not having it. I want my deposit back. That's not what we ordered. And Joe said, you're absolutely right. No, you're absolutely right. We rang up and said, this is what we make sure it's that. Yep. No, it wasn't. So, yeah, we were quite disappointed today. We had a nice trip out, but... Yeah, it was, it was so bad. We had to go and get a Burger King on the way home. 
Chris bought me a just Burger to, King. So I was just to recover. Just to recover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's that my bit. rant for today. But I will say that um, Absolute Music, there's, I suppose there's a lot of shops that have gone, well, you put your deposit down now, tough. But that's what makes Absolute good because the, the customer service, I found, has been has been superb. Mm. This is a thing, isn't it? I think the, the whole upgrade, downgrade thing is, we've all been there, we've all seen that, and it's it's usually a, it's usually a cost thing, isn't it? These brands, they come mm. out with something that they think is... Um, you know, is, is is a really great product, and and they probably see the sales coming in, and then they and I don't know whether it's uh, you know, sometimes I guess costs are generally gonna genuinely gonna go up, and they're gonna have mm. to say, look, we need to we need to cut some costs somewhere. Mm. Sometimes I can't help but feel it's a little bit of like, right, we've got something that's selling well now. How can mm. we make a bit more profit on it? So now yeah. we're gonna start stripping back. Now we've got people engaging with this product, and we're selling it. It's moving off the shelf. Where can we make a few extra pennies? So something yeah. like that mm. could have been, you know, could have been a case of that. These cases are selling. Do we really need the carabiners? How many customers asked for yeah. that? Little did they know, Phil Walker and Chris Taylor were those very customers. Well, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. These guys even... know their cases. <laughs> but even Joe put it on his shoulder and went, "Yeah, this is a bit crap, isn't it?" And it was like yeah, we actually we actually put a Les Paul and a Strat in the case, which is what we intend to take into the hotel with us, and uh, yeah. we found the heaviest Les Paul we could. Mm-hmm. It was one mm-hmm. one of the custom ones they got in was like fifteen pounds or something ridiculous, and, yeah. and a strap. But you put it on your shoulder, and it just like it's it almost like away. just trying to. Yeah. It does, and yeah. there's no there is no comfortable spot with it. It's like kind of trying to wiggle around with exactly. it, and, um, exactly. Even with both straps on, Joe Joe even put it on both straps. And you can see, like, um, straps wanted just to pull away from the um, from the case. You can, you can tell in like two weeks' time there'd be a big rip in the back of it where the straps have pulled away from it, you know. And because you 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 often pick up the case from the strap, don't you? Mm. And that mm. amount of weight that you're picking up, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I have to say for the record that I've always liked mono cases. They've always we know, did uh, we'd asked Joe about me. the mono ones. Um, about 280 quid. I yeah, think. I was going to say I did uh, phone my mortgage company, but they wouldn't give me, uh, <laughs> they wouldn't let me remortgage the house for one. Well, so. <laughs> come on, Phil. If, if, if you know anything, if anybody knows anything about me, I, I do like to put my money where my mouth is. And if there's a good product that comes along, I will spend out on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, mono cases have always served. Is that me a Squire well. Precision Base? I can see over your shoulder, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. What resting just next to the mono case? <laughs> yeah, the case is worth more than the guitar, though, isn't it? <laughs> they are. They are expensive. But to be fair, like ever since I've had that, ever since I've had that case, that is something that is overlooked. Just how comfortable a case feels if you wear it on your back. My mono case, when I put it on, it's like a, it's mm. like a well-fitting rucksack. You know, with the, with it's the like chest, an extension of you with the chest it? strap. It sort of it. it spreads the weight and you oh, think so someone it, it locks it oh it locks it lock across the front as well, as well. Oh, oh wow i could okay. i could run for a bus i could run for a train uh, you know uh yeah it's great it's killer and and i've i've gigged it pretty hard and i can't find a single uh piece of wear anywhere on it regardless mm. of what i seem to do to it it's um mm. yeah so yeah, nice one. Oh, that's Mono that's fair cases. enough. Yeah, that that's fair enough. I mean, I have to be fair to you, Gator, that it is a really good case. But they've just they've, they've, it was a really good case. They've just laid it down on the straps. I mean, it's even got a little pocket in the back, and it's got a little um, like a rain cover for it as well. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, if they want to try cut back on costs and everything. Keep the decent straps and make the rain cover an optional accessory for maybe a tenner if you want them. Because, I mean, how many people are going to use the rain cover, realistically? Mm. I can't imagine too many would use it. So just get rid of that. I mean, why don't Gator listen to listen to people? Gator, listen to people. Gator, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Well, we're 15 minutes in and we've mainly discussed <laughs> cases. So <laughs> maybe tonight yeah. should just be about guitar cases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. All maybe. right. So music stores then. Come on, I want to hear some of your stories. I want to hear I want to hear our, you know, your personal experiences with music. Everyone's got that that first golden memory of the, you know, when you first stepped into a music store and the wall was yeah. like, oh, there in front well, of you I'll and tell you what, you've been hearing my voice long enough so I'm going to hand it over to someone else. Go on, Chris. Talking about talking about golden stories or golden memories. Mm. Golden I bought showers. my gold. Oh, sorry. 
Golden showers, yeah. I bought my gold Les Paul from uh, an incredible guitar store. I think they're the biggest guitar store in Europe, um, and that's Peach Guitars. I bought my uh, 50s Les Paul Standard Gibson from there mm. last year. And uh, that shop is... Uh, I remember visiting them for the first time uh, when they were based in Braintree. They had a little little shop there. They were like uh, surrounded by some other shops. There were arts and craft shops and stuff. They weren't very big at the time. And and they were selling like Jackson Antworks uh, guitar amplifiers at the time, and uh, and they've always been known as selling kind of boutique equipment. But obviously, they moved to uh, an estate, um, a, an industrial estate in Colchester, uh, and it's quite handy. My brother uh, lives like seven minutes away from the store, so seven minute walking distance. So it's a <laughs> perfect opportunity. Always feels like I go to see him, and uh, and it's like you come to see more you come to <laughs> visit peach guitars <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah, um, let's be honest with each yeah. other it's the guitar shop <laughs> yeah yeah really i'm going to be honest it's the guitar shop and uh <laughs> yeah i bought my les paul from there and like every time i've been in there you f- you feel completely welcome every time they can't do enough for you and am um, i right in thinking chris that peach guitars is the one that looks like an old western saloon you are correct it looks awesome you are correct. Never been, it looks awesome it's um it's it's quite breathtaking actually you walk in and it's you don't expect it to be as big as what you see in the pictures Mm. Mm. and um and it's it's organized very well you've got like um uh, downstairs you've got most of uh, the uh, the shops uh, the rooms closest to the the entrance are all acoustic guitar rooms right and you've got like your gibsons your martins and everything is that because uh, nobody would want to nick them (laughs) may well be (laughs) <laughs> we need but to have um, a look don't we at our, at our gig route and um i think we've i think we tried stop. to go there before but it didn't quite work out so we need to have a look at our route for when we get back on it, the road it's, it's worth making a detour i think to go and see it it's yeah. worth it's worth mm. it i think and um the, the pedals they have the, the selection of amps and the custom shop strats and les pauls they got all the murphy lab les pauls in and oh yeah, they did the uh, big unboxing didn't they of, of murphy yes. lab stuff yeah, yeah. He did, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's just a great shop. It's my favorite. It's my favorite guitar shop. Um, all they sell is guitars. I think I I don't think I've seen anything like violins and stuff in there. It's all just guitar related. So, mm. um, so re- they just sell in terms real of instruments. Then that's good to know. The real instruments, yeah, <laughs> the real musicians. <laughs> <laughs> they, do, they don't do drums uh, then. But yeah. anything like. Uh, no, 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 it's all guitars. But do you know what was great? Uh, during this COVID period, you had to book an appointment to go in there. So um, I called up and uh, I got a slot on, on like a Thursday or something, went in and I was the only customer in the shop. I had oh, everyone wow. waiting on me. It was oh, uh, quite an experience. So um, they set up, uh, I basically on the phone, I said, look, I, I want to buy Les Paul. I'm going to be walking away with a Les Paul. I know what you've got in stock and I'm going to walk away with one. And they had they set up all the Les Pauls that I wanted. I wanted to try like the most cheapest one they had. I, w- I wanted to try a custom shop just so I could make comparisons and everything. And mm. uh, as soon as I picked up the gold top, I was like, "That's it. I'm, I'm done. I don't need to try anything else." Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact they went to all that effort, they they set up a really nice amp for me. It was like a, a Friedman Dirty Shirley, I think. I think is the mm. amp or something or yeah, yeah. something like that. It was amazing. Um, I didn't even have any drive pedals, just that amp and uh, the Les Paul. Crank it as loud as you wanted. And uh, yeah, it was just a great experience. And the I fact really that they put go. all that effort in. You need to go. You really need to go. Yeah. Um, well, if we, we, we obviously we'll take Al, we'll leave him um, a squeaky toy to play with in the van while we go in there. <laughs> we'll leave the window wound down slightly. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I, I, th- I think even Al would appreciate being in there. Drummers be die in hot cars. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want my window breaking for him. We better wind it down. No. Yeah. Excuse me, you've got an you've got an Allen in the van. Yeah. Is that excuse yeah, me? Is that your drummer in the van? We need to go, and we need to uh, we we need to just have a look. It's always nice to just have a look at, at other towns as well, and just just see what's in town because there's there's mm. lots of little surprise stores. There's the big ones that we know of, but there's. Nice to come across some of these little There's little some stores and like the record yeah. shops. That's such a cool thing about being on the mm. road and something mm. I'm really looking forward to just getting back to seeing these places that you would never yeah. really go to. Like you know, no, exactly. Y- they're too yeah. far for a day trip, and there's maybe not enough there for us to go on a holiday. But when you're passing through uh, for work, it's amazing just to you know wander around and and come across these record shops and music shops and 
f- that's where you find the good stuff. For me, some of the it best it experiences I've ever had in music shops have just been those, those, those kind of like chance happenings where you just walk in and it's like, oh wow, they've got one of these, or they, you it's know. D- it's also it's very dangerously because I remember like uh, I used to go to like as many music shops as I could uh, when doing all the weddings and stuff. You like up and down the country, and uh, you always got a lot of time to play with during the day because you're never normally due to arrive at the venue around until like five o'clock. Yeah. And uh, I remember walking into PMT, um, I think it was like uh, near Leicester, I think, one of those. And uh, they had that uh, a guitar, which I sold to Phil about a year later. It was a Yamaha SA, oh, what 1, is it, 000. Phil? An SA-1000? SA-1000. Yeah, it's basically in cherry red. It looked yeah. yeah. My dad's and, got uh, that But that, now. I was like, oh, is he? Yeah, my dad's got it now, yeah. Because uh, when, uh, when I was looking around for um, a Gibson 335, um, I, I was going to sell it, and I know my dad wanted a 335, and uh, I said, would you be interested in this one, Dad? And he, uh, he went, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah mm. My dad took it, and I'm glad because it's a nice guitar, and it's got a nice nice That's a lovely guitar. It, I think so. I, it, wasn't, it was kind of partially impulsive as well. I, they had, obviously, PMT are known for all their new stock and everything, but they don't Hang have on, much Chris, in sorry. Terms of like I, I, I just need to explain something there. Sorry. Lee, impulsive means when you see something that you really want to buy and you just buy it on the spot. Okay, that's... <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? <laughs> I, need to, I need to tell you this, whether this makes the edit or not, but I need to tell you this, right? So yesterday, yesterday, uh, today is Tuesday the 18th of May. Yesterday mm. uh, was Monday the 17th of May, which for those of you in the UK will know was the next big step in the relaxation of COVID restrictions. Um, yeah. And we've, we've not been anywhere really. We've not been, been out to shops or had a, had a day out or anything like that. Mm. And it just so happened that yesterday we both had a day free. So we kind of planned that yesterday was going to be a little bit of a day out. There's a few things that have been building up that we needed to just go and buy but we were saving mm. them up to a day where we can just go and hit it all in one day and go to these shops and and uh, and we thought, hey, it's you know the seventeenth, so we'll be able to go and have a bit of food inside somewhere. So I went and yep. had a Weatherspoons breakfast, which was <laughs> maybe not the best thing to go for, but it was what was there, <laughs> and I went for it, and it was actually really, it was really quiet. We were sat actually, we actually ate outside in the sun, and there was no one around, and we went in a few places, had like some other food. But anyway, the point of my story was. One of the things that I've been needing to get is a new mattress. And I was waiting to go somewhere where I could just have a feel, try a few things. So we rock up at this large mattress retailer yesterday. And um, for, and we, I say to Sophie in the car, I say, right, before we go in, let's not get roped into any of this salesman spiel. You know, we know what we're there for. We're there to have a look, test out a few things probably go and buy it online cheaper you know the deal mm. so we walk straight in and i'm like just follow my lead the guy goes hi there guys do you need any help and i'm like yeah actually i'd really like to check out some mattresses please <laughs> i kid you not within 30 seconds he had us strapped into one of those mattress tester things where it was analyzing <laughs> our bodies honestly within a minute of walking through the door we're both led on this mattress that's like massaging down our back with a 3d <laughs> image of us appearing on a screen above our heads and it's going we recommend a medium support mattress <laughs> and you're like how much <laughs> And from there, it just built and built and built to the point where I was like, abort, abort. We need to get out. I'm about to drop 1,500 quid on a mattress. <laughs> we need to run. We need to run. I was like, oh, do you know what? Uh, what's, thanks very much, mate. I need to go and have some food. Clear my head and we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The breakfast coming back up. <laughs> I, I, so I know what impulsive is and it strikes at the weirdest of times. For me, I, I don't seem to have, I, I think because of my time working in music retail, some of those impulses that most musicians feel have been a little bit numbed for me. Mm. Um, I'm sorry to say, I'm kind of sad to say that because I, 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 in a way, I wish I could go back to the day where I was so excited about music gear and music shops. Um, but evidently now it's mattresses that do it for me. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, I had to get out of there pretty one? quick. Did you buy a mattress yesterday? Well, do you know what? I'm I'm bloody glad we didn't because we found a few that we liked. And to be fair, the the bloke was really nice in there and I was genuinely hungry. So we went for our third lunch and <laughs> uh, we were going to we were actually going to head back and, and maybe just get a few more details from him. But I did a bit of Googling. And, whew, he was making mugs of us. I'll tell you really? what, you could get it 50 percent off online. So, uh, yeah, fool me once. 
you know, well, shame on you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> so I know what impulsive <laughs> is, but I just I, I'm rarely impulsive when it. Well, comes you've to probably music seen equipment. it many yeah. times, haven't you? I mean, well, you know, when you you, you used to work in um, work in retail, so I mean, you must have seen um, people. Well, no, actually, you've probably seen me and Chris in there, haven't you? <laughs> impulsive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is that yeah, 79 yeah. Strat? I really like the colour. But the thing yeah. is, and the funny thing is, he knows. Out with it. He knows. He sees us coming. He's like, right, I know exactly how to win this dude over. Yeah. I come in, he's like, hey, Chris, check this out. I'm like, oh, my God, I love it. How I've, much is it? I reeled you in. <laughs> what you don't realise is I've already planted the seed about three weeks previous when I would have I would have tagged yeah. you in something on Instagram or I would have sent you a little email <laughs> and you didn't yeah. know anything the wiser. And then that seed was planted. Yeah. And then three weeks later... But Strike. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Them. I remember um, on all the gigs I used to do, all the wedding gigs. Like uh, my dad used to have a music shop in Weymouth actually for about a year. Mm. Uh, we was we st- we had a Fender dealership selling like kind of lower end Fender stock, um, but a lot of it was uh, mainly guitar based. We had accessories for most instruments, but it was mainly kind of guitars, and we used to get a lot of pre-owned stuff in. Mm. And it's the worst thing when you have someone come in and they spend ages in the shop, and you think, oh great, they're going to buy something, and then they leave. Mm. Yeah, you just think, oh. I, d- I and felt you know, I felt I've bad for this mattress guy because I I've been there so many yeah. times. It's, it's the it's the worst feeling, especially when like especially when I know my dad owns the shop and you know we're trying to get by and stuff with it. And so every time I visit a music shop now, um, you buy I always guitar. have to buy something. I, I don't. Oh, sometimes, <laughs> but I always buy something. I and for me, it's guitar straps. I have a thing about guitar straps. I always walk away with a guitar strap. I've got so many of them. <laughs> I, uh, I love I that. Sp- I'm with you there, though, Chris. I love that stuff. I, I I like to buy something. If I go to a music shop, I do like to buy something, even if I just pick up a few sets of strings. Even yeah. if I don't need them, I will need them eventually. And I love all the accessories and all the little bits. Like I go straight for the, I want to see what picks you've got, what slides you've got, what yeah. straps, all that mm. kind of cool stuff that you you can just pick up and and be a bit of an impulse purchase. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but it is dangerous though as a musician going around these shops, especially when you've got the money coming in from the gigs. It's been a good season so far, and uh, and you've got you know a few 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 hundred quid left over or something, and uh, you're like, oh yeah, I can afford that. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I'll stick three hundred quid down, and I'll pay the rest off on finance. <laughs> or <laughs> maybe as you as you're doing the gig in the evening, like you said, Chris, you're actually spending the money that you haven't yet earned. <laughs> so you go, yeah. right, I'm going to get paid X amount tonight. I'm gonna spend that now. I'll but also, it it's like I remember. I remember going into Coded Music, which I think is uh, Stevenage, yes, mm. in Hertfordshire, and uh, and I they had this secondhand uh, Japanese Telecaster in there. It was like a '60s reissue with uh, in cream with the binding and everything. Mm. I was like, oh my god, it's lovely. I love it. And I had never owned a Telecaster before, and uh, and it was a really good price. It was like a B stock model, and um, and I was like, oh man. I can't you know, we've got a good run of gigs this week. I can use it tonight and for the rest of the week. Mm. <laughs> and there's the impulse thing just kicks in, and I'm like, and I'll it's funny how it's, know it. it strikes in different ways. And I, I always, I, I always did enjoy that seeing, seeing, uh, you know, all the different perspective of customers, and how the the price point almost became irrelevant because it it was more dependent on on you as a person, your personal circumstances. So you'd get someone who would come in and a three or four hundred pound guitar would have been something that they'd been saving and saving and saving for. Yeah. And they would be just as excited as the guy who's come in to buy, you know, a three thousand pound whatever custom shop mm. or something. Mm. It, yeah. it was all kind of relative. And, and I think that that experience. But I did I did see a lot of those, I guess, uh, habitual spenders where you kind of got the impression they got more enjoyment and there's nothing wrong with that it's fair enough if you if you got the money to do it and you enjoy the spending then that's absolutely fine it's great it, you know the the industry kind of runs on that basis i think but these people that would would almost crave the buzz of spending probably more than the buzz of playing mm. yeah mm. and like i say that's fine that's fine it, particularly i had some <coughs> some older customers you, they're not professional players they've got another walk of life that they're successful in and their their outlet at the weekend is going to the guitar store, and that was really cool um, to see that and see it quite often. And you'd you'd know you'd know these characters that would be back every six weeks or every three months. They have each have their own kind of time yeah. scale. Before yeah. you know, they get bored with the last thing, maybe part exchange it, maybe move it on to someone they know. 
and they'd be really looking for that next fix, that next buzz. <laughs> and that was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was always cool. I, it, actually, the the pros, the guys that you knew were kind of working musicians were always the uh, the more infrequent spenders because they, they would know exactly what they want. They're coming in to buy a tool for a job and then to go and to go and use it. And you probably wouldn't mm, yeah. see them again for quite a long time. Yeah, because obviously, because f- for us, we, uh, we obviously we need guitars, specific guitars for certain gigs and things. But also, I just love guitars. I, I, I just love having gear. And um, um, and you go through moments of like just getting rid of everything. And then it's like starting again, and which is quite exciting, building new pedal boards and stuff like that. Yeah, but, um, but that, that's a bit of my problem. I never seem to get rid of the guitars. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep collecting but keep you know I've, one thing i've learned is to hold on to your guitars just a little longer because sometimes you get rid of things and you do regret it yeah and, yeah uh, and then you see the you see your you know your 1979 strat just hanging on the wall there oh. and you're like having having doubts and uh oh there he heartbreaking goes he's just <laughs> completely kicked me in the goulash there aren't he eh? <laughs> yeah you haven't got rid of it yet have you phil it's on the wall it's in hanging on the wall music. in absolute oh yeah. yeah. Okay then. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, um, well, it's on the wall. Give it a little plug. It, and it did look nice there as well. It looked really. In fact, I tell you what, you talk about impulse buying, Chris. I've got a, I've got a dub you out on this one because he looked at me. He go, oh, look at that guitar. I wish I could afford to buy it. I look at that, and then he just straight away turned to like a Fiesta Red Road one and went, oh, I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Guitar Heroes podcast. Oh yeah, um, I remember a music shop up north. It, sadly, it's gone now. And that's maybe something else that we could touch on. That music shops <coughs> are they a dying breed? Mm. But um, there used to be a shop in, and we were talking about this, Chris, weren't we, earlier today? Yeah. Um, it was called Electro Music in Doncaster, and and yeah, they had loads of new stuff. It was an independent store. You know, it weren't part of a chain or anything. And uh, they used to have a phenomenal secondhand section. You know, there's the you could oh everything from like Squire Strats and Tellys up to sort of high end Gibson PRS stuff. You know, all, all used and all. You know, it was it was all it was just like an Aladdin's cave. You know, it was absolutely just crammed with guitars and it, it, sadly that 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 star's no no longer with us. And the staff were really cool in there as well. Um, in fact, it was <laughs> they used to have a doorman as well. He, he looked like a biker. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's this big biker, and uh, uh, have a look at your bags, lad. Let me have a look at your bags. What you got in your bags? You're like, you know, real sort of big bloke that just used to stoop over you and look at all your. You again, yeah, Walker? Well, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me look in your handbag, Walker. What have you been taking? Yeah. Um, I think the used section is is always the, like one of the most exciting bits about a guitar store. And I think it's such a shame these days mm. that it. I think it is becoming more of a rarity to find those used guitars. We, we certainly used to stock a lot of used instruments, and it just over the years it's got harder and harder. I think mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. selling the instruments yourself has got so easy now. Everybody's armed with so much knowledge. Everybody's an expert on guitars because you've got the internet at your fingertips mm-hmm. and uh, eBay, Facebook. I mean, we all we're on marketplace every week, aren't we? We're either buying something mm-hmm. or selling something. You've got the camera on your phone. You can literally list an item within seconds. And a lot of these places, Gumtree, Facebook, they don't charge you for the sale. So it, it's a shame. I understand why it's happening, but it is a shame that the, the used section, I think, is becoming a, a dying mm. a dying breed, really. But that was always, for me, that was the most exciting part of the business when I was working there and the most exciting part of any kind of browsing experience when you go in a, a guitar store. You kind of mm. get used to the mass market um, brands that you're going to see, you know, you're going to see these Fenders, you're going to see these Gibsons, you're going to blah blah blah. But mm. what mm. has this guitar store got in its used section? What pedals have you got? What old bits Aladdin's of gear cave. have you got? Yeah, yeah, just you mm. know, with a handwritten price tag on, rah, you can have that oh, fifty great. quid. We got this guitar. That's that's such a cool experience because you really feel like it's a bit like a car boot, isn't it? It's that same kind of buzz. <laughs> yeah, of like, yeah. Look what I found. Yeah, and I think that's bad, yeah. that's going away a bit, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, yes. definitely, definitely. Although I, I've got to be honest, uh, I feel safer putting my um, guitar, because it's going for quite a fair bit of money. Um, you know, it's north of two grand, obviously. Um, and I feel safer at being in absolute music if it gets stolen, it's insured. Um, 
and you don't get all the, you know, the tyre the kickers, do you? Yeah, well, I, I know, well, the shop probably will, but I won't, you know, selling it in there, you know, as a commission sale. And, you know, you, I've had, you know, you get people on Facebook, oh, you know, will you swap it for an inflatable swimming pool and, you know, rubbish like that. You just think, I don't have any of that to worry about. I would rather let the shop do it. They're going to deal with the postage and if there is mm, any. I guess. It's nice to, and it's also nice to give local business the business. You know, do uh, I think you've, you've got to try do that, haven't you? Because eBay and the online thing probably has wiped a lot of them out and every every opportunity possible. I never buy strings online. Never buy strings online. I always go to Absolute for them. Because um, the <laughs> I use Elixir strings and I've been done twice now. I got some from mm-hmm. Amazon and within like two gigs they were rusted up to hell. So I was like, they're fake. And I did the same with some bass strings. I got some Elixir bass strings. Um, and the... <laughs> <laughs> they got, I got the long style strings, and the G string <laughs> didn't reach the end of my precision base. <laughs> I've, I've actually had some fake elixirs. I think there's a bit of a thing with faking elixirs. Yeah. It was only because I'd yeah. seen so many packs that I didn't even need to open them. I just looked at them and went, nope. Yeah, <laughs> Sent yeah, them back. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but at yeah, least, right. you know, buying you're from right. a store, you, you know, a music shop, you always know that it's going to be right. And if not, you take it back and go, look, yeah. you know. This isn't yeah. elixir. This is, you know, this is this is made by Carlsberg. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm totally with I'm totally with you though, Phil. I think it's so important to support your local music shop. I think, and uh, especially yeah. now, with the, you know, it's definitely difficult for businesses at the moment, especially yeah. getting going again. And I I try my best to buy everything from them. I just you just hope they have everything in stock at the time. And yeah, um, but like like even like I said earlier, you know, I always try and buy something from any music shop I visit. You know, and it's generally going to the accessory department because it's the cheapest part of the shop. But um, just to buy something, so you're supporting in some way. Definitely. I can tell you that the the margins in the music uh, retail industry are shockingly low. I mean, I have I've been out of the game for a, for a couple of years, but but they were they were shockingly low, yeah. and uh, it the internet has has changed things massively, and the big boys that are willing to or able to sell gear at we're talking like five percent or less as a as a running uh, a running margin is is crazy when a lot of other industries you know they run at ten times plus that it, there's there's so little in the way of crumbs left on the table for the music retailer i i I don't know how a lot of them do it to be honest it's it's such a tough game and uh, it got to the point with me where where price matching was such an issue that it's it's such a big part of everyone's life now that we've all got the internet in our pockets and you would spend two or three hours with someone really, really going over a high-end purchase, giving them the time of day and uh, giving them the best service that you can. And then they would stand at the checkout and get their phone out and go, right, can you match that? And they <laughs> found some crazy deal from some tiny little shop in Eastern Europe and they're and they're mm. kind of going. Or well, I'm going to buy. It. I'm or Toman. I'm going to buy it from them. <laughs> if you don't, and it's well, like, do you I, know what? I can't. <laughs> it's funny because um, I think Brexit is going to help small music shops. Um, Maybe. I was speaking to um, a friend of mine who's an EV rep um, last week, and one of his biggest, um, one of his b- biggest. Well, I'm trying not to swear here. Toman used to screw him over on price, okay, basically, because they used to they used to buy such quantity. Um, So when he ever, you know, whenever he used to try get deals on speakers, he'd be he'd be making. He said sometimes I wasn't even making a tenner just so I could get the sale and the customer, you know, which Mm. is ridiculous. Um, And with the old Brexit thing, you've now got to pay for the import taxes. On a lot of stuff, right. you know, on the stuff from Toman, and you know, it, it could be quite expensive. And he said, "I'm getting a lot more interest now, you know, on gear because people have, have looked into it and have gone, no, we, well, we don't want to pay all that, you know. It ends up at customs, and then, oh, thank you very much. So we need another two hundred and fifty pounds to release this to you, you know, that type of thing. Really, um, is the case at the moment? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, it, it, that probably will help." Um, you know, the, the maybe the independent stores, uh, the smaller ones that maybe were struggling by somebody holding a phone going, but I can get this for 20p cheaper. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
it, um, it, it's true mm. for everything. I mean, every every day, I guess it's a it's a struggle, isn't it, to 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 avoid the black mirror in yeah. your pocket and how mm. easy it is now to. I mean, I I sometimes yeah. order things on Amazon and I don't even realize I've done it. It's so easy. It's like, oh, yeah. that was that then. Uh, yeah. But I I feel guilty every time I do it, and not just talking music stuff. I I always I always think, oh, is there someone else I could have given that money to other than Jeff bloody Bezos or whatever, <laughs> you mm. know? But but I but I, I also know for a fact that there are there were uh, competitors in the in the music retail industry who were aggressive competitors who who kind of their whole business strategy for let's say a two or three year period would be. Um, to use outside investment to be able to sell their stock at such a low price to wipe out competition and therefore be left with the market mm. share. Mm. So deliberately try and put other businesses out of business as a long-term strategy with the aim of, in the end, being one of the last few left to soak up mm. all of the business. So when you're competing with that, and if you're just like a small a small store with, you know, just a private shop. It's, uh, mm. how are you going to compete? How are you going to do that? It, no. It's crazy. And then there's very, th there's very little, I think, I think it's always like playing catch up. I think there's like this problem that's happening and then it takes so long for that to filter back through and to start affecting the manufacturers who can actually be the ones to step in and now support the retailers again. This, it's almost mm. like they don't care until mm. that point where it really becomes a problem for them and then they have to yeah. step in they mm -hmm. have to do something otherwise they're going to lose the industry but that brings me on to something i was going to mention which is this whole idea and it's been a kind of a worry for years now that music shops guitar shops independent shops may just the middleman they may be a thing of the past pretty soon anyway because i'm, I'm i've heard pretty convincing rumors for a long time that and i think they've already started doing it in the states Fender and other big brands are just going to start selling direct. They're sort of following the Apple model and they're just going to have Fender stores and they're just going to do everything. I mean, let, look at Fender. They make everything, accessories, mm. cases, amps, guitars. They're thinking, why do we need these shops taking some of our money when we can just sell for our website or mm. sell in our own Fender stores? And that, that you know, that's end of the game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. But I, but I think, but I think music shops offer a variety. You don't just want to. Sometimes you don't just want to go in and and just visit Fender guitars, do you? Or Fender products? You want to go in and maybe try a bit. It's like you know, it's if you're trying to decide between two guitars, it's either like a Strat or or maybe Sir's equivalent of that guitar. You might want to go. Oh, do you, you know, I really want to see the comparison yeah. and see what the price difference is. And you won't be able to do that in a Fender store, would you? No, it's true. It's true. I, th I guess that's why it hasn't happened. But th I think they're, they're yeah. looking for ways to make it happen. If they could make it happen. I know they mm. tell their retailers they would never do that, but I think I think they would. I think if they could make it work, they would do it. They just get it's bigger. It's all about money yeah. at the end of the day, isn't it? And I guess the, up, the upside first. of all this is that the stores that are left are the really great ones. There's so many good stores now just here in the UK. They've they've really had to up their game in terms of like offering other things. So with Absolute, for instance, it's it's all about the experience. It's all about the service and all those extra things that can just make that purchase really shine for you, whether it be a cafe in store to make your day slightly more enjoyable, like the, uh, the added bonus of an in-store guitar workshop. Well, you know, the internet can't compete with that. If you're going to walk with the mm. amount of times we would see people order things from overseas just to save 20 quid and it would really arrive in a bad state and then yeah. they'd come to us for help and it'd be like, sorry, you didn't buy it here. That's what that extra 10 or 15 pounds pays for. So it's all yeah. that kind of stuff, mm. which, you know. And with Absolute, they've, uh, like you said, they've got the cafe and everything. Um, and they've also got rehearsal rooms and music studios there as well, which is, yeah. you know, yeah. gr it's, it's great because where the bands congregate, you know, m music shops, and then they go, oh, we re yeah. rehearse here and we can shop here. It's, it's kind of like a one-stop shop. I mean, we've rehearsed there. We've recorded is. an album yeah. there as well, and it's it's We have. Really I, lo good. I love that. I think that's like almost almost uh this blend of like modern and and classic old school because you hear of music yeah. shops back in the day that was mm. what they were they were they were not just a shop they were a hub you met your bandmates yeah. you met your musicians uh you got your guitars serviced you chatted to the the owners the workers about stuff you found out about gigs you may have done some rehearsing there after hours like that's such a cool 
I guess it's that yeah. kind of Tim Pan Alley classic I think, model. I think isn't for it? those reasons alone, I, it's it's my favourite music shop because it, it's not just guitars. They they do everything. They offer you the full experience, and mm. and it's nice when you go there often as well. They get to know your name, and you very you know you feel very much welcomed every time you go there, and you feel valued every time you go in there. Mm. I think that's why I think it's my favourite music shop. Mm. Um, and I've been to I've been to so many, and like it, it just stands out for me that one. So it is a great shop. It used yeah. to it used to be great, really good when uh, when Lee you worked there. Not oh, quite as good you. anymore. <laughs> well, to be honest, I've saved a hell of a lot more money now. Lee's not working there. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, uh, we can't talk about music stores and not talk about America because that's something that one day I would love to do. If we can if we can get some gigs in the states or mm. Hell, if we can just do a big old holiday where we do an, a road trip. I've spoke about this with colleagues and friends over the years. Wouldn't it be epic to to kind of do a bit of an American road trip and take in some of their 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 music stores? Because those we 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 always kind of looked at some of the big American stores as a bit of an inspiration for when we were expanding Absolute Music. That was that was kind of the model because over there mm. they've got the space to do it and they've got the brands, they've got the stock. Yeah. So I mean mm. places. Obviously, like Norms and um, uh, Rudy's, Wildwood, Grunz, like uh, Chicago Music Exchange, Guitar Center. This it's just mecca, isn't it? Of of kind of like. Uh, you know, we we epic. should do a we should do a music shops part two because there's so much to talk about in terms of American <laughs> on location shops. from thing, America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out here in the field. <laughs> yeah, in fact, Maybe. it's like uh, it's funny you mentioned Chicago Music Exchange because uh, me, me and Chris are quite big fans of the Mustang bass, and they've actually got their own brand, Fender, you know, the Fender Mustangs, but they do uh, special editions just for um, Chicago Music Exchange and. I'm like I'm desperate to get a um, one of the metallic. The, the, I don't know which blue it is, um, but it's a really nice metallic blue with a maple neck. And the only place oh, I could nice. get one of these was Chicago Music Exchange, and they've specifically made a batch for them. And it's like, wow. oh man, yeah. So I mean, that's oh, how we'll, that, we'll have to go to the Windy City. We'll have to go. That'd be yeah, epic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, one Absolutely. thing I wanted to do, I was I was thinking, well, what can I do? What what kind of little feature can we add to this episode tonight? And I was thinking, well, a big part of any music store, if you're a if you're an avid customer or if you're a, a you know an employee in a music store, you can't ex- you can't escape music store trivia because you're meeting all these people every day. And like I said, everyone's an expert these days, and it's right. it's great. Sometimes you get people who think they're an expert and and don't know, but that's fine. And other times you just get to meet all these amazing characters and kind of soak up. <laughs> all of their knowledge. Uh, so I went online and I started looking at guitar trivia and I came across Reverb's, uh, what was it called? Right, Crazy Hard Guitar Trivia. <laughs> and I thought okay. I would just throw these questions at you guys <laughs> and see. Is this like a quiz show, is it? Is, is it yeah, like for, first, a little bit. First to raise your hand up then, is it gets the... Gets the okay, yeah, let, let's do it like okay. that. Let's do it like that. There's, there's a few do questions we, we, here. We need, we need another jingle, don't we? Reverb.com's crazy hard guitar trivia. Right. Number one. Which of these is not a Rickenbacker finish? So four options here. Okay. So Berg not a Rickenbacker finish. Burgundy glow, maple glow, sunrise glow, or autumn glow. I'm gonna go with the autumn. You didn't Sorry, put your hand I up. Just, you didn't, uh, put, your you hand didn't up. put your hand up. Phil, what were you going to go with? The first one. Burgundy Glow. Yeah. Our survey says... Oh. You're both wrong. It's Sunrise ah. Glow. Oh, really? Okay. Number um, two. Who is... These are going to be quick fire, all right? Who is okay. credited with developing the original PAF humbucker for Gibson in the 1950s? Is it Seth Lover, Les Paul, Roger Ross Mezzel, or Ted McCarty? Um, McCarty. I'm going to go with Seth because I like his name. <laughs> Chris, you are indeed correct. It is oh. Seth. Lover. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. knew that anyway. I knew that anyway. Number oh. three, Martin guitars like the D28 switched from Brazilian to Indian rosewood for their bodies. But in which like year did this happen? Was it 1946, 1969, 1974 or 1961? 
This is a complete guess. I'm going to go 61. Chris? I was going to say 61. <coughs> You're both wrong. It's uh, 1969. Okay. Number four. Prior to the foundation of Kramer Guitars, Gary Kramer worked for which other guitar brand? Was it Travis Bean, Jackson, Charvel, or Fender? Charvel. Chris? Jackson. <laughs> You're both wrong. Oh. It was Travis Bean. <laughs> I thought that was a made-up name. <laughs> I thought I'd <laughs> Okay. God, we're doing well, Phil. <laughs> You're doing well. Is anyone keeping score here? I think Chris, you got one, didn't you? you got Seth. Seth I don't one. think I've got any yet, have I? So, <laughs> Chris well, is this definitely is, in the lead. This is Reverb.com's crazy hard guitar trivia. Uh, right, who founded Mosrite? Have you ever seen a Mosrite, by the way? Mosrite. They're yeah. these really um, weird kind of offset guitars with P90s, and they look like psychedelic, like the guitar's slightly melted. Yep. So, the, who um, founded the Mosrite? Yeah, yeah, there's been a few players over the years that have kind of yeah. been associated with them. I think you're right. So was it Scott Mosser, Mike Mossman, <laughs> I can't even Moses Malone, <laughs> or Semi Mosley? <laughs> I, I, but this, I, I just think, oh, it's got to be Moses Malone, isn't it? I was going to say Moses Malone. <laughs> yeah. Our survey says... <laughs> it was... <laughs> Semi, but <laughs> semi Mosley. That's an example of the kind of stuff you'd hear. You'd have a moss right on the wall, or you'd have something similar, and some old bloke would be like, "Oh yeah, fantastic guitars they were, designed in 1963 by Semi Mosley." <laughs> and you'd you'd sort of ask yourself, "Do I need to remember that?" No, no, I'll let that one go. <laughs> and now wish we okay. had. <laughs> right, which of these is not an Ovation solid body electric guitar moddy model? Which is not an ovation? Is it the breadwinner, the preacher, the legend, or the deacon? Oh. Which is not an ovation solid body. Ovation's made some weird solid bodies, by the way. I'm There's one that looks like Gimli's axe. Yeah. Anybody? Can you give us the, uh, give us the, uh, give us the choices again, Lee? Uh, it's the, is it not the breadwinner? The preacher, the legend, or the deacon? I'm going to be deacon. Breadwinner. It's actually the legend. The only one that sounds like it could be for me. (laughs) The Ovation legend sounds like a guitar, but the Ovation breadwinner, (laughs) I'm not sure about that, but there you go. Right, the Gibson... Oh, come on, you should get this one. The Gibson ES330 uses which type of pickup? Is it the PAF humbucker, the P90, the P40, or the P100? P90. Chris? I think Phil's right with that, actually. Our survey says... <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. I've you got are one, correct. I've got one right. Excellent. You have. Uh, in addition to the word Gibson, a J45 from 1943 would also include what on the headstock? Was it... Oh, Phil, you know it already, do you? I know this one. Go on, then. Go the. on. Give us your answer. The... The? Yeah. Just what, as in the J45? The Gibson. Oh, okay. Not one of the options I have here, but... Oh, um, okay, okay. Nice. <laughs> so, was it The Sound of America, um, Only a Gibson is Good Enough, The Workhorse, or Made to be Played? Chris, I'll throw it over to you, because Phil's already... Yeah. Uh, I've heard Made to be Played. Someone's used that. Is it Gibson? I don't think it is. I think I do. Uh, the Sound it. of America. I'm going to go with that one. That sounds nice. I like that. It's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> it Can was, I, in fact, only a Gibson on, is go good on. enough. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Only yeah. a Gibson is good enough. Yeah. I got uh, confused on that. I was jumping the gun, wasn't I? Because the older were. Gibsons did used to say the Gibson. The. Uh, right. The first batch of Alembic modified bases with active electronics were built out of what? Were they built out of Rickenbacker 4001s, Guild Starfires, Fender Jazzes, or Gibson EB2s? So Alembic started modding someone else's bases and um, putting active electronics in it. What did they use? Uh, Starfire is a guitar, isn't it? I'm not sure if it's a bass. I don't know if they did a bass run at that. 
Well, Lambic did guitars, didn't they? Not just basses. I think they've done. Mm. Any guesses? I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. Ah, uh, Gibson. Uh, I'm gonna go with a guild. Sorry, I, I don't know. I'm just. Mm. Chris, you've got another point there, baby. It was oh, he's the guild fire tonight. But he is. Well, he's got three. Just like that little <laughs> man sure. behind you on the light. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Uh, right. Uh, in 2012, Taylor Guitars purchased a mill to control the harvesting and sales of which type of wood? Was it ebony, sapele, Brazilian rosewood, or mahogany? In what year? 2012. What did they start to control the harvesting of? I'm going to go with, purely because of the um, fuss that's been created over at the rosewood. Chris? It would make sense because there's been a bit of fuss about Rosewood, but um, let's go with a different answer. I've got to give Phil a chance to catch up because I think that is right. Oh, you I'm going to go Sapili. Oh. <laughs> it was oh. Ebony. I think oh. the Brazilian Rosewood thing had already happened by then and Ebony's kind of high up there on the list, so they were, they were yeah, okay. taking steps to secure... Ebony. So, the Steve Vai signature Ibanez gem, uh, oh, this is easy, includes which unique feature? Go on. Monkey grip. I won't even give you the options. Monkey, Monkey grip. grip. Correct. The bodies of Dan Armstrong guitars and basses produced with Ampeg in the late 60s and early 70s were made out of what material was mm. it? Now, this has been spelled aluminum, but we'll say it correctly. Aluminium. Ceramic, glass, or lucite? I think it was lucite. Chris? I, have, I haven't got a clue. I'm going to go aluminum. Aluminium. Phil, ding, ding, ding. You are indeed correct. Oh. Famously used, the, the, the best place, the best example I can give of that guitar is Dave Grohl in the one by one video. Yeah, He's got the yeah, see through yeah. guitar. Uh, right, after a failed bid to buy Fender, which company purchased Gretsch in 1967? Was it CBS, Gibson, Baldwin or Rickenbacker? So who um, bought Gretsch in 1967? I'm going to go with CBS. Chris? I'm going to go Baldwin. Sounds just like, doesn't seem like the right answer, but it could well be because these are crazy hard answers Chris. and questions. You've obviously been brushing up on your guitar shop trivia because wow. it was, in fact, <laughs> Baldwin. I think I figured something out here, Phil. It's just think of something that you would never go for. It's going to be that one. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Kebab. Okay, we're, we're approaching the end now. I know this is absolutely riveting broadcasting, but we are approaching the end. So which of these was not an acoustic model made by Epiphone in the 60s? The Caballero, the Frontier, the Coronado, or the Cortez? Not. Which was not an acoustic by Epiphone in the 60s? Coronado. Uh, I don't know. What are, the, what are the choices again, Lee? Caballero, Frontier, Coronado, Cortez. I'm going to Cortez. Sounds electric. Phil? You're back in the game. It was Coronado. Ah, that was a Fender, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Kind of a, kind of a Gibsony looking Fender, actually, wasn't it? Like a mm. hollow body with actually a bit Gretschy, I think. More Gretschy, like a hollow body yeah. with. Toaster yeah, they, top they came in weird colours as well. Um, like a, it was like a greeny, like it's like the painted all run on it. <laughs> it's a really weird colour. Okay, anyway. three questions left. Which of these variations on the Fender Telecaster was first introduced? So which was the okay. first variation? Was it the Telecaster Plus, the 52 reissue, the Thin Line, or the Telecaster Deluxe? One more time. Which was the first variation of the Fender Telecaster to be introduced? Was it the Telecaster Plus, the 52 reissue, the Thin Line, or the Tele Deluxe? I'm going to go with Thin Line. I was going to say Thin Line as well. 
Well, do the, you know the what? The came out in the, came out in the seventies, didn't it? You can both have a point because it was in fact the Thin Line. Yay! Congratulations! Can we, can we, have you got the correct <laughs> order? Is it is it then Deluxe, then the reissue? No, and then it's the uh, the plus. It's the latter, maybe. Uh I think it was the Thin Line, and then and then the Deluxe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. it was uh, Thin Line Deluxe. I think the plus, and then the Fifty Two reissue. Because if it's the Deluxe, the pluses like, came out. I thought the pluses came out in the 90s and the reissue started in the 80s, didn't they? I think. Yeah, I that's know. right. I think so, yeah. Because yeah. oh, the deluxe this is had not the strat headstock, didn't it? Mm. Mm. Don't ask the quiz master these questions. I only have the information in front of me. <laughs> He's only okay. a Google Penul- quiz master. <laughs> Penultimate. No, this is Reverb. Reverb's <laughs> crazy hard guitar <laughs> trivia quiz. Okay. Uh, right, penultimate question. Which of these features was present during the first two years of Jazzmaster production? Fender Jazzmaster. Mm-hmm. Was it the gold anodized pickguard, the floating tremolo system, the bass roll-off knob, or the humbucker pickup? Question one more first, time. First two years of the Jazzmaster, which of these features would you find on that guitar? Was it the gold anodized pickguard, the floating trem, the bass roll-off, or the humbucker pickup? Chris, you've... I'm going to go floating trem. Okay. Um, yeah, I would have said that. And the gold anodized pickguard. Well, you can only have one. Which of these features? So which one of these features was first? Yeah, first I, would have, I, I, I was going to say that. I was going to say the floating trem, but I'm going to go... Oh, I, I think I know oh, that's the right answer. What is it? Trem. <laughs> You're both wrong. Phil, if you'd ah. gone with the gold anodized pit guard, you would have been walking away today with a holiday in Magaluf. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Oh, no, sorry, we've got one more. I nearly missed this. Right, oh, right final okay. final question. What what are we on? Should we just call it four each? This this is this four? is the this is a tiebreaker. No, it's a tiebreaker now. <laughs> okay, I'm not thinking this okay. game for two in a bed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> eyes down, eyes down. Here we go. Is your darts and tankard? <laughs> this company produced more instruments in the 1960s than any other manufacturer. Was it Gibson, Dan Electro, Harmony? Or Fender. Hands up, please. Hands up for this one, because this is tense. In fact, I'll wait till Phil's got his answer, and then you can both give the answer at the same time. <laughs> so there's no. Okay, right. Give me your answers in three, two, one. Gibson. And, uh... Only because you say instruments. No. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I tell you what, Lee, I wish you'd have done that with your mouth. It probably <laughs> wouldn't have been half as messy. <laughs> that was the sound of you both being gunged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, fellas, the answer was harmony. <sighs> harmony, really? the lesser known harmony. Yeah, I guess because they were, I think they were in like Sears catalogue. They were, they were I real. used to have a harmony acoustic years ago. An old 60s thing. Yeah, lovely, I think, but I didn't it, realize. Came, yeah, just sheer numbers because they were a much, much cheaper instrument, more of a mass produced thing. Mm. You've got to remember back so at what the time, the 60s, both Fender and Gibson were still like real handmade, high end things. Because so. I thought, obviously, you saying instruments was like just made me think a little bit more because I know Gibson didn't just make guitars, they made other instruments as well, didn't they? Um, well, but, it's a good um, guess, but you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, that was well good. Done. I, um, I, well I really done. enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Thanks for playing. That was uh, Reverb.com's Crazy Hard yeah. Guitar Trivia Quiz. Well, we've been rattling on for over an hour now, so if anybody is still <laughs> listening to this, good on you. You're, you're a better man than I would be, or, or lady, <laughs> or, or whatever these days. But, yeah, that's... Um, Right, someone else, someone else do the socials this week because I, I I need to give my voice a rest after. Okay, that, okay. That. So I don't I don't even know what they are. Um, you can you can search us on Instabook um <laughs> with on f- f- with Phil t- <laughs> Phil Taylor Phil Taylor guitar player. Um, search Lee Williams on Grinder dot com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what they are. <laughs> 
I tell you what, if you want to hear how to find us, go and listen to one of the other 25 episodes of this podcast and you'll hear us do the socials really lovely and clearly at the end. Woo! Thanks for listening, everybody. And, Six um, months in yeah. and going strong. Yeah, don't forget our first guitar show, first story of Guitar Heroes show is at the Haymarket Theatre in Basingstoke on the 16th of July. See you all there. Thanks for listening. Can't wait. <laughs> I set up a new patch today. Oh. It's a plexi. Very good. That's quite nice, I think. It does. It's alcohol-free stuff. I can see much clearer. Don't like it.